This episode of Brunettes, Beans, and Babble contains discussions of sex, rape culture, and sexual violence. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Brunettes, Beans, and Babble. We are your brunettes. I'm Emma. And I'm Emily. A couple of girls with lots of opinions and coffee addictions. Okay. Okay. What's your coffee? I am drinking uh, sea salted caramel mocha from Bones Coffee, which is their salty siren. Nice. Oat milk and brown sugar simple syrup. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. It's extra chocolatey for some reason. Ooh. With the brown sugar. Fancy. I have what my mom would call a poor man's mocha, which is coffee with hot chocolate mix. But the coffee is Caribou Coffee's Reindeer Blend. So, today's episode, uh, not necessarily the most fun topic, but a good conversation to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you're just gonna do that and I give us the topic? <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I'll give you the topic. Topic um, tease. Topic tease. Um today we are continuing our um little series on sex and sex ed, and we are talking about Rape culture. <laughs> Alright, here's with the definition. A definition? A definition. A definition. Okay. I feel like we should define. Okay. Um. Okay. 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 So. Let's, let's start here. Mm-hmm. Um. The definition of rape. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. According to Merriam-Webster. Is... Unlawful sexual activity and usually sexual intercourse carried out forcibly or under threat of injury against a person's will or with a person who is beneath a certain age or incapable of valid consent because of mental illness, mental deficiency, intoxication, unconsciousness, or deception. Um, rape culture um, is... Uh, Gross. Y- y- yes. <laughs> True. <laughs> Correct. Um, this is from Marshall University Women's and Gender Center. Um, rape culture is an environment in which rape is prevalent in w- and in which sexual violence against women is normalized and excused in the media and popular culture. Rape culture is perpetuated through the use of misogynistic language and Uh, the objectification of women's bodies, and the glamorization of sexual violence, thereby creating a society that disregards women's rights and safety. Mm -hmm. Side note. Side note. Rape and rape culture obviously are not things that only affect women. Of course. Uh, They affect people of all genders, all backgrounds. Nobody is safe. (laughs) Right. Nobody is safe, and even in as much as not to backtrack on that that statement, mm-hmm. um, but 
if we are just specific, we're not going to. But if you do want to just specifically look at women, even then, that sort of mentality affects everybody. Yes. Absolutely. It's the whole... Which I think is important to note. It's the whole idea of, like... Um, sexism doesn't just affect women who are, like, viewed as inferior. Like, mm -hmm. that same mentality also, like, harms men with, like, toxic masculinity and all of that. It's all the same. Yeah. Which is why you can't... It is not fair to anybody to reduce feminism mm -hmm. to being about just women. Right. Which we could get into a whole intersectionality thing, which is a whole other... <laughs> That's a whole other topic. For a whole other day. But important to establish upfront when we are talking about a subject that is very sensitive and um, very relevant in our lives and our society and culture today. Speaking that, of that, today, like, this affects everybody that we do want to acknowledge that and see that like make sure we acknowledge yes. that that we do see that but that we are talking from our experience as well right our experience specifically as cis white women yeah which is important to know um speaking of today did you see that harvey weinstein was um convicted of rape oh thank no, um, <laughs> I had not seen that, but that's perfect. Yes. Perfect timing. Yep, sure was. It's great. Love to see it. We love people being held accountable for their actions. Which, cancel culture is another topic we should do at some point. If I haven't said before that we should talk about cancel culture, I would like to talk about cancel culture. Okay, I'll put it on the list. Because I have lots of opinions. So yeah, we've got some definitions. We've got some... I don't know if I want to say they're disclaimers, but sort of. Some, like, general notes to be aware of. So where would you like to start? Um, well, um, let's, uh, give one more definition. Okay. Um, we've talked, we've given rape, rape culture. Uh, mm -hmm. how about consent? Mm, that's a good definition to give. Um... <laughs> She handy, has this one ready. Handy dandy book. <laughs> um, if you remember from our previous episodes in this series, uh, we both absolutely love Lacey Green's book, Sex Plus. Um, and it has a whole chapter on consent. And it's very good. Um, so, um, let's see. Okay, she says... Um, Quote, consent is a verbal check-in before sexual contact to make sure your partner is into it. Uh, despite its simplicity, affirmative consent is not yet the norm in our culture. More often, the default is to assume sexual consent is implied, usually based on body language. We operate on the assumption that 
someone is consenting so long as they don't say no. And even then, no is sometimes interpreted as being open to persuasion. I feel like that's a big one. I think that, yeah. I think that this is a really, really important idea to discuss because the idea of consent being, consent is only a yes. Mm -hmm. Consent is only a, like, enthusiastic, informed yes. Nothing else is consent. Consent is not just the absence of a no. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, a lot of people, like, do assume that, like, based on, like, body language or whatever, that, like, consent is implied. But that's, that's not how it works. (laughs) And if anybody is telling you that's how it works, they are wrong. And red flag. Yes. I think there's also something to be said for... There are many ways to negotiate consent. Yes. Um, in your own relationships. Yes. Because um, something that, like, personally, not even just in this context of sex and rape and rape culture and all that, but, like, in life, mm-hmm. you can negotiate how both how you ask for consent and how you revoke consent, um, which is something that gets talked about online a lot in terms of kink as well. Oh, true, 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 part true, of true. TikTok that I'm apparently on right now. I don't know how I got there, but that's where we are. Amazing. Um, but that aside, something that was sort of a revelation to me was that you can both have the, like, if you're, like, in a conversation, mm-hmm. you can say just, like, about, like, a topic like this. Um, like, go until, like, it can be a go until I say stop, but it can also be a ask me before we start. Like, yes. it can go both directions mm-hmm. as long as it is negotiated beforehand. You have to have that conversation. That yes. Yes. Absolutely. And that, I think, also comes into play, like, especially when people are in like long-term relationships Mm -hmm. that negotiation of consent can change um because like you know if you're like just meeting a person like you know that like i would hope (laughs) you would (laughs) i would hope i would hope (laughs) good preface you would you would know that like you don't know like, obviously, you don't know everything about them, and so you don't mm-hmm. know what they're comfortable with, and so you have to ask up front. Right. But then, like, if you're, uh, if you've been with somebody for a long time, uh, you sort of, like, have an idea of what they're okay with, mm-hmm. um, which does not remove the need for consent. Right. But that negoti- like, that negotiation of consent can look different. Mm -hmm. And that is up to you and your partner, but it needs to be a conversation. Yeah. You just have to ask. (laughs) If only it was that simple. 
It should be. It should be. So, right, that's just the thing. Is like, it should be that simple. And I, I think, if I remember correctly, this is something that we talked about in, like, when we were talking about our ideal, like, what sex, sex ed would look like. Um, but that you can have age-appropriate conversations with kids. Yes. Because, like you just said, consent is that simple. Like, a small child can understand the difference between yes and no. Mm -hmm. So if you start, like, establishing early, even, like, that they have bodily autonomy. autonomy. So it's stuff like, if they don't want a hug right now, then they can say no to a hug. Yes. And then that gets, like, that should be respected. That should be respected. Which also, on that note, that goes to show you how early... It, I don't know that it's necessarily fair to just say that, like, that is a side effect of rape culture that early, but that is where... But that is where it starts. Start, it starts. Is, you know, you're... Because even if you aren't conscious of those things, it's all about socialization. Yeah. Even if you aren't conscious of those things, you are, like, teaching those lessons that early on. Of like, like you get to say no and you get to have control over your own body mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. And whether you realize it or not, those lessons are internalized and feed into how we act later. It's like, yes, it's. It's simple. It's simple. A child can understand the difference between yes and no, which at the end of the day is what consent comes down to. Right. There's a lot of nuance in there, as we have touched on already, but, like, at the end of the day, it's a yes or a no. Right. And how that is respected is basically what rape culture is, is, like, what that means. Right. Which gets taught early. Mm Mm-hmm. So as much as, like, the rape culture that I also feel like that that phrase gets thrown around a lot it is a uh has been turned into a little bit of a clickbait thing which sucks um uh I have a side note about rape culture and the term specifically okay um in Lacey Green's book Sex Plus Mm -hmm. which we'll have like listed in the description and everything it's a great book everybody should read it I believe um but she doesn't uh, specifically use the term rape culture. She uses coercion culture. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, rape culture can, like, it has become kind of a, like, buzzword. And also, that can be a little bit, like, unclear as to, like, well, how do we jump to rape? Right. Um, but, like, coercion culture is, um, can be a little bit clearer about, like, what is sort of included in that. It's clearer because it is broader. Yes. Because, I mean, like, that's the, that's the whole, those ideas that, I mean, I guess it kind of is fair to say it's a side effect of this cultural thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It can encompass 
the situations all the way down to the little kid who gets to decide if they want to hug or not. Mm-hmm. Because all those things are, at the end, at like the core of it, a side effect of the ideas that we have or that have been instilled in our society over, you know, many, many years and generations about, you know, bodily autonomy and how we negotiate consent and who gets, like, the power in relationships and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Because rape culture has become so much of a, like, almost really a clickbait term to get people to look at things, which is, you know, in some ways good, exposure to these topics good it's good but but not i'm a firm believer and not all publicity is good publicity um (laughs) as a journalist (laughs) it's not all good um it has diluted the term to be very specifically about like you know these big names and big corporations and companies and whatnot hiding stuff behind the scenes or we're not being transparent about how they handled things um in you know allegations regarding sexual assault sexual harassment rape any of that um and while yes like that is what this is we do want to talk about like holding people accountable um all the way from your big important people who it's easy to write off of they can get away with anything because they have the money to get away with anything um all the the way down the money and the power the money and the power power. yes all those things um so as much as as like yes this topic is about holding those people accountable it is also holding about holding like the little people accountable the people that you know they get away with stuff because the people up up top get away with stuff Because the standard is set that, you know, if you report something, you're not believed. Mm -hmm. Or that, you know, if you don't have enough evidence that your case doesn't go anywhere. Because of all those standards that are set by the top, like, that trickles down. So as much as, yeah, it is about all these big news articles that you see, it is also about, like, all of the small people that are being harmed because that standard has been set. Mm-hmm. sips coffee <laughs> sips coffee because at the end of the day like, like I said at the beginning we're going to talk about this from our experience and we can read all those news articles but we are none of those people mm-hmm. it is a victory every time somebody is held accountable the way they should be but that still like does not change our everyday experience Especially when, like, our everyday experience, like, we both work retail. And I'm sure we both get a lot of comments that are ridiculously unnecessary when you are just trying to do your silly part-time retail job. Yeah. For real. Like, right down to the, like, the amount of times that I've shown up to work wearing a, well, I destroyed my Star Wars shirt, but (laughs) it got bleached. (laughs) Um... (laughs) But, point still stands. Shut up warning, wearing a, like, Star Wars shirt, or even, like, band shirts, which, I don't know if it's been clearly enough 
established yet, but I am very into music. Yes. And I'm very, like, <laughs> I don't hide that. <laughs> Not that that's something, like, that should, like, would be something to hide, but, like, I, it is my personality. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you know me, you know I'm not just wearing these shirts because they look like cool shirts. Like, I I do genuinely listen to these bands. I probably got that shirt at a concert. Or, like, you know, I've seen every Star Wars movie. Do I know, like, every last thing about Star Wars? No, but, like, does it matter? (laughs) That's another um, thing we should talk about at some point is, like, gatekeeping. Oh, yeah. Gatekeeping in many, many ways. But um, the amount of times that, like, I get comments from men that are like, oh, do you even have, do you even know what Star Wars is? Or, like, do you actually listen to that band? And half the time... When, like, then I respond with a, like, affirmative, yes, because I do. And that's not to go, that's not to say that you can't just wear a shirt because it looks like a cool shirt. I don't care. Live your life. But it's fun when I get to, like, then be like, no, yeah, I actually do. But then they try to turn it around and hit on me because suddenly, oh, it's a shared interest. Yeah, it's gross. And you're like, okay, but you came at me assuming that I didn't know what I was advertising on my shirt. Which half the time, like, are men's shirts <laughs> from my store. <laughs> but, like... Yes. <laughs> like, you assumed something about me, and you think that that... Like, now that we... You know we have this shared interest, I'm going to be interested in you? Like, you just After insulted you me. rude to me? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. But, like, that all comes from the same place. Where, like, they, like, a standard has been set that makes that, air quotes, okay Mm -hmm. to do. And that is, like, relatively harmless. It's rude and it sucks and I hate dealing with those people. But, like, at the end of the day, I'm going to go home and forget about it. Yeah. But, like, that's where it starts. Mm Mm-hmm is because there is this standard set that people can get away with, you know, making sexual comments, hitting on you for no reason at your place of work. <laughs> the amount of times that I have been, like, hit on or catcalled or asked out at work. Which is just... By customers, not yeah. employees. By customers. Although I have some employees we can talk about. We don't need to go there. (laughs) Yeah. The other... uh, The other bit of this that I am not going to go into too much detail on because it is a very personal story that I don't need to go everywhere. You're raising your hand. Can I help you? Um, I just have another thought. Okay. Do you want to finish your thought first? Sure. Um, part, so the other part of this is also just, like, the way things appear to the outside eye. Um, I would say, in general, this is a very generalized statement, um, 
we as women have to be way more aware of than you know most men do (laughs) most specifically white men um and it's you know stuff like you know who especially like in power dynamic if you are meeting with somebody who is in a place of power like are you meeting alone with them is it behind a closed door like what does that interaction look like is there some way to verify is there a record of is it? there a record of it is there a way to verify what actually was said in that meeting um and then like my personal example of this was in college i had to dispute a grade and i was asked by my male professor to come and meet with him in his office on campus this was right after finals week so everybody had already for the most part not everybody but for the most part people like were gone um so there was no way to know like who else would be in the building um and like just who else would be on campus in general (laughs) there was no way to like make sure that there would be a record other than this email trail of what was said in that meeting. Um, And it was an interesting conversation for me and my mom to have to explain why that made me so uncomfortable that that was even a request that could be made, (laughs) that was assumed could be made and that I would respond positively to that. Um, And that like there was a reason I would say no to that because on one hand it's like oh it sounds like he's willing to be able to work with you to get this whole grade situation figured out but on the other hand like he's my professor (laughs) in a position of power and I am a small college student that can look very sketchy especially (laughs) depending on what that outcome of that meeting would be and it's not coming from a place of we think he was a bad guy. Like, it is simply a, like, me and my mom know what that could look like. And we don't want anybody getting in a bad situation. Like, that is both for my safety and, at the end of the day, kind of his, too. And I'm far from the only person who has had that experience. Because, you know, my mom said, like, she had a professor that was, like... I don't know if notorious is the correct word, but was known for um, grading the girls in his class harsher. And, like, you could see that. You could track, like, oh, these two papers or these two assignments look virtually the same. This one got a better grade than this one. Oh, the one with the better grade was a male student. So she had, like, been put in sort of a similar situation when dealing with a professor. Mm-hmm. It happens, like, in the workplace, too. We're lucky that we have a female director, which is quite nice. Oh, I love um, that. <laughs> but, yeah, like, that's that's not something that just happens in an academic setting. Um, it happens in workplaces as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that stuff is all over the news. Um, but I think especially, like, when you are in an academic stu- setting, like, as a student, you're still learning, like, who you are as a person. So sometimes, it, like, unless you have somebody who is older 
or like has that experience like you unless you have somebody like there like a support system really um to be like no this seems weird to help you navigate through those things you're not always going to catch everything right which is also like you shouldn't have to be on the lookout for (laughs) for things to catch but (laughs) i think that you know being in an academic setting makes you especially vulnerable have a thought i have a thought um so there was uh, i have like two thoughts connected Mm -hmm. um on what you were saying earlier about like like you were just rude to me why do you think i wouldn't now be interested in you Mm -hmm. um there was one time when i was at work and i was working in the fitting room and um and somebody from our ap team came up to me and uh started like started talking to me and was like oh like have we been over this like oh what like what was your name again like have like do you know what's going on like basically like seeing if i knew how to do my job (laughs) not your favorite thing and i was i was so mad i was so mad about it because i was like you know me i've worked at this store for over a year i've worked at target as a whole for over three years like Mm -hmm. now i have two thoughts what the fuck and i was complaining to my mom about it and she goes well maybe he's like is trying to flirt with you right Kill that. Because that goes that goes back to the, like, oh, little boys are going to be mean to little exactly. girls. Exactly. That's my other like thought. Oh, little boys on the playground, like, being mean to girls. Like, oh, he likes you. No, kill that. That's so fucked up. And it's cute. Like, that is, that that is framed is as a cute thing. So fucked up. Which goes back to the, it starts young. Mm-hmm. Like, we established those standards young i just want to say turns out the ap guy was not trying to flirt with me he's not allowed to anyway ap is not allowed to be in a relationship (laughs) with any other employee um but he was there were concerns about somebody in the fitting rooms and he was just trying to like be around fair enough and making conversation to like be there yeah but when I didn't know that that was what was happening, I yeah. was so pissed. Yeah. I was like, how fucking dare you? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, I think, the the biggest thing when we say, like, this affects everybody. Even if, even if you want to take it as narrow-minded as, like, attacks towards with women. Like, well, where are those attack? Like, who's who's attacking the women? Oh, it's it's the men. Okay, so where does where do they get the idea that they can do that? Oh, it's because we start with the little boys on the playground being mean to little girls. Like that's how they show. That like, they oh, like he them. pulled your hair. Maybe he likes you. Like, and then we establish like on the the girls' side of that. Like, that's the attention you want. Right. Like Which that is, is a good thing. So fucked up. <laughs> 
So, like, it, it, it really, as much as, like, we talk about this at a, like, I feel like, you know, teens to adulthood. Like, we don't talk about how this affects and how children. this starts with children. Um, even though it does, because it does. Um, Everything does. Children are still being socialized. Right. Like, everyone. Yeah. And regardless of gender, too. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone, if you want to narrow that definition, but that definition should not be narrowed that way because it affects everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I feel like the... Unless you have anything else to add about, like, what it is and our experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, The next, I feel like, bullet point is solution. (laughs) Right? (laughs) The silence is deafening. The difficulty with problems like this one that are so deeply rooted in our culture and the way people have been socialized for years like it's because it's also a generational thing um obviously we see that it is getting better doesn't mean it's good but it's getting better the difficulty with that is that it would take such a dramatic cultural shift mm-hmm. to to truly feel like the need to air quotes this again fix the problem do you remember um our like consent training for college vaguely i remember i had to do additional consent training to work for UNews. Ooh, that's interesting we had to do extra stuff because at like at the, i mean it's an independent paper but at mm-hmm. that point we are we're being paid by the school we are employees at the school right in a weird way that's i don't know exactly like that's not quite the direct line mm-hmm. but Mm-hmm. Yes, what about it? Was there more to that or just... I just, I... Because I think that one of the, like... One of the places, like, now where we see this discussion and also, like... You know, like, effects mm-hmm. of this happening like most is college campuses mm-hmm. um i have thoughts on that continue go ahead well i think part of the reason we are seeing it so much on college campuses is in part college students are vulnerable both to like, each other and other students and also, you know, people in positions of power in their classes and various degrees and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because... I don't know the best way, <laughs> best way to phrase this, but the, like, there's the overlap of both, like... The, like, finally have the freedom to to speak out because, you know, it's kind of the first time you're on your own for many people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
with like also being educated and having access to more people's experiences that might differ from your own and right. also like your actual physical like classes in college like it's the overlap of more education socially and academically with like this sort of coming of age <laughs> time of your life um but i think it is also a little bit colleges doing it to themselves um slash media doing it to colleges because you know i think you see a lot of college parties gone wrong in like your movies your tv shows mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of in the same sort of type of media this like and i think this is where college and colleges end up doing it to themselves um where you almost advertise about being about caring about rape culture again you specifically using that phrase Mm -hmm. um which is a weird thing to (sighs) advertise but like that's kind of what is done um like every college tour I went on, it was here's all of the like all the loopholes where you can you know get the police. It's advertising what the like, like so weird. which is such a, that's so that's a weird that's weird that's weird. College campus like that should be a, a safe place where you don't feel the need to call the police call the police to walk back to your dorm. Um. Anyway, um, yeah, the, but like just that's like, like the normalization. Yeah. Of... So as much as colleges like end up putting themselves in this weird cycle of oh we care about this like we we're work like we're working on this we have the like consent training and stuff like that, but also advertise here's how to contact the police, here's how to get in touch with Title Nine, which are important things to advertise as well because we are still in this in the middle of this. Um, Right, like, that's still important information to have, but also, like, you're so open about it. Yeah. Which is good, you want transparency, but it's, the way it's promoted in a, like, sort of toxic positivity way. Yeah. Especially when then you go and... They don't do a good job of. Yeah. Because <laughs> another thing that just about every no, I think every college. I mean, I only went to three campuses. Um. But another thing that they said, like, everyone on those campuses, we have our own, like, specific police for our campus. Um. And you run into a weird thing where if you do need to report um, something that happened, you run into a weird, do you go to the school? Do you go to the campus police? Do you go to like the city police? Right. And I think that that is a hole that a lot of cases fall into where then you can't do anything because who's in charge Who has jurisdiction? jurisdiction and like it gets confusing but there's also a lot of just 
hiding that those things happen on campuses. So it's like, it's because, it's a like, because they're so transparent of, here's how to get in contact with the police, here's how to get in contact with Title IX, that it, it appears to be very good, but it's all these things behind that, that like, oh, we're covering up this case over here. Which also, if you haven't seen the film um, The Hunting Ground, is an excellent film. I think it's on Netflix. Um, it's all about sexual assault on college campuses, and it's it's amazing. It's very good. 10 out of 10 would recommend. And I, like, it sucks when you know that there's a lot of hiding, not even just, like, Title IX sexual harassment, assault, rape cases. So as much as the problem at on college campuses is like the university hiding your sexual assault, harassment, rape, other Title IX cases, it is also all of the other ways that people are taken advantage of that aren't inherently that, like the case at our school where the professor was taking the work of the students and taking credit for it in research, like their research work. So it is also like hiding that stuff. Like it's not, which is still a position of power over, like it's still that power dynamic that, you know, comes from coercion and you want the grade or what else, whatever, you know, your incentive is. Mm -hmm. And it sucks when, you know, you hear all these stories as a student. I think I was in a unique place working for the paper where I heard of more stories than I think I would just like out walking around like amongst peers, mm -hmm. um, like in classes and stuff about stuff that they experienced that was then kind of getting brushed under the rug. Um, I feel like I heard even more of that <laughs> because of, you know, working on the newspaper. Not even, like, I was not a reporter. I was not writing. Um, but because other people were. <laughs> I was still senior staff, so I, you know, heard all these other things. And that's, like... It's disheartening because, you know, when you, you're touring the campuses, you're getting all of the, here's how to get in touch. Here's how these Title IX cases get, like, looked into. Like, I did a whole, I don't, I was in a class. Might have been my psychology of gender class. But, like, we had to do a whole assignment about, like, go find out, like, the steps they take to investigate these reports that are brought to the Title IX office. And so, like, to have all that information so upfront and so accessible, but then to hear the other side of that that is, oh, I reported this and nothing happened, sucks. <laughs> and I think that that is one of the most widespread issues in however you want to term this, rape culture, coercion culture, like however you want to term this, that is one of the most widespread issues. Like mm -hmm. college campuses are a perfect example because they're these tiny little bubbles of society. Um, 
but like how many times you see on I mean <laughs> this might be a very specific experience but how many times you see on Twitter where oh it's another actor or another musician that's being accused yep. of something uh-huh. and how many people immediately jump to one side or the other and I I have come to a place um after you know struggling with this for a long time because some of those people like again uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, I had to sneeze. Um, but, you know, when it's... I was trying not to be loud. Celebrities, some, like, they can be people that you look up to or who have followed for a long time. And we get into a whole other topic about the downfalls of that. But when they are people that you have followed for a long time in whatever capacity and whatever that means to you, like... You want to believe that they are a good person, but you also don't want to immediately go to the, oh, she's lying. she's lying, because that's kind of, <laughs> that's the problem. That yeah, is the problem. That like, is the problem. So I think, and the way our system works, you have to kind of step back from all of it, and it is innocent until proven guilty, but it's also, you have to believe her until, like, you have reason not to mm-hmm. using her because that's where all my examples are right now but like anybody <laughs> believe the victim unless you have good reason not to like you have to settle somewhere in the middle everybody's human not everybody's gonna be perfect so like you gotta you gotta believe them and part of the then problem is when is then the aftermath of how that is handled but like because there is so much there is so much like immediately jumping to you don't believe the victim but there is also just enough people who are using false allegations to get attention online that people feel justified in jumping to that conclusion. Which then sucks for anybody who has real allegations that, like, need to be heard. Because then they're like, so are you going to just, like, discredit that because of all these other people who have been trying to just get attention? Are you actually going to listen? Or is it going to be then, like, as again, as much as it sucks, we're like, you don't want to not believe the person. You want to think this person is a good person. Vice versa, you want to believe the person. But, like, that makes this person a horrible person. Like, all of those things in the middle and, like, having to fall in the middle, like, where you're kind of like, well, they're, I'm not going to attack them for being guilty and, like, without proof. Or I'm not going to believe them without proof. You also run into the that's how so many cases get dropped is because there is no quote-unquote proof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all this horrible, like, pitfall. <laughs> so, like, believe victims. Like, he- hear them out. You don't have to... That does not mean go and attack whoever they are right. holding allegations against. But, like... Hear them out. Hear them out, regardless of how much proof they have or don't have. Mm-hmm. 
don't go attack anybody unnecessarily. But how you hold, like, to get to the point where we, where we hold people accountable, you have to hear everybody out. Mm-hmm. And I get that, like, because of the way our whole, like, how these cases are handled and any, any sort of, you know, judicial system stuff. Like, because of how that is handled, like, you do kind of have to have that proof, that evidence to get anywhere with that. Like, that doesn't mean that you cannot, like, still people, still hold people accountable. Like, even if it's not a, oh, they are going to jail because we have this evidence, you can still hold them accountable and and it be a, okay, now we're watching sort of thing. <laughs> that was a very rand- rambly sentence to get to my point, but I think I got there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The point being, like, I understand that because of the way the United States works and trying to, you know, report things and get other people held accountable, like, legally, it's not always possible, but it should still be possible to be, okay, now we're watching. And that is also holding you accountable. Like, that is also holding people accountable. Mm-hmm. Like, holding people accountable is not just, we are sending you to jail. Like, it is also, okay, so we don't have enough to send you to jail or, you know, you said this, that, and the other. But now we're watching. And hopefully, like, as awful as it kind of is, hopefully at the end of the day, that is enough to stop it from happening again. Or, um, it could all, like, if it does happen again, it lends, lends credibility right. to it. Again, very rambly, but I think I got there in the end. (laughs) (laughs) The point being, like, just, you know, hear people out. You don't have to jump to conclusions on either side. But you should listen to the story, like, everybody's story. Right. And if it turns out to be false, well, then, like, that sucks. That says more about them than it does about you. Exactly. That's on them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, please, let's get away from that. That is the, like, worst way to... It's horrific. To try to get attention. Um, because, like... I mean, one, discredits everybody that, like, has been through shit. Um, <laughs> but it also, like... Why would you... It's this weird, like, why would you... Want, want that. that. Like, yeah. why would you want that to be the way that you are known? known? Yeah. It's gross. But yeah. At the end of the day, it says more about them than you. So, like, yeah. After going through many a... Which band member is it today? That we don't like. 
I've landed in a middle ground of, I'm not gonna... Not that I'm not going to believe anything, but I'm, I'm going to hear everything out. Withhold judgment. I'm going to withhold judgment. I'm going to hear everybody out. Till there's more information. And hope that everybody handles the situation with delicacy and respect for everybody involved. <laughs> Especially don't go attack people's spouses and partners. That That's the one that's always confused me, and it's happened to multiple people um, where, you know, somebody comes forward with allegations against a person and then fans will send like death threats to that person's spouse or partner or whatever and I just genuinely don't understand that I've never understood that <laughs> like it doesn't make sense like why are you attacking somebody who at the end of the day didn't like did nothing and honestly might even be hurting from the situation more than like you know. <laughs> anyway. Emily can make that make sense. <laughs> when she edits it. <laughs> yeah. Um. I know I posed the question of a solution, but I don't think we really got there but the point of all of that rambling was really a like part of the solution is finding ways to hold people accountable to whatever extent we are able and also i don't think i made it very clear but that that was the point of all that rambling i promise <laughs> it is also it is holding people finding ways to hold people accountable even beyond like jail and also like recognizing those thing those lessons that we learn from the beginning mm -hmm. of like you know boys will be boys and mm -hmm. whatever and all of that stuff and thinking critically about them and working to counteract them. Yes. Because just as much as these standards were set up generally, generationally and are being taken down generationally, it is the next generation that will hopefully do better than us. <laughs> but we are the start of that. Just want to reiterate one more time. Mm -hmm. uh, consent is not just the absence of a no. It is only a knowledgeable and enthusiastic yes. And um, we'll I'll list some resources. Um, but if anybody has taken advantage of that like it's not your fault it is absolutely never your fault there are people you can reach out to 
love you. I want to say one more thing with that. Or just in the same way that consent is only a yes, not just the absence of a no, it does not make you not saying no to something does not make you any less valid than somebody who, you know, did correct say no. Like, that experience is still very much valid and still, like, it's not your fault. This was a little heavy, but it'd be like that. It'd be like that. What's the next one on the series? Do we have another one? Sexual empowerment. Oh, yes! That one's gonna be fun! Next week will be way more fun. Promise. Okay. Thank you for listening to Brunette's Beans and Babble. You can follow us on Instagram at Brunette's Beans Babble and Twitter at Beans Babble. If you want to weigh in on the discussion or suggest a topic for us to babble about or some beans for us to try, you can email us at brunettesbeansbabble at gmail.com. Brunettes Beans and Babble is hosted by Emma Lane and Emily Moreland. Our cover art was designed by Emma Lane, web designed by Emily Moreland, and our music is Cheery Monday by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening, and we'll babble with you next time.